Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afton, and it is a privilege and an honor to be here with you on this Tuesday, the 15th of Tammuz, 4th of July. Happy Independence Day to uh, where I originally come from. United States, and um, thinking of our soldiers right now in the Holy Land and their work in fighting terrorists, and please God, bringing peace and security to our brothers and sisters and all the residents of uh, our Holy Land of Israel. Please God, everyone should be safe and they should be successful in their endeavors. So here we are. And we happen to find ourselves, nothing happens actually, so we do find ourselves two days before the 17th of Tammuz, which is the fast day that initiates, that begins the three weeks of mourning. So we're going to go on that topic. I do want to dedicate today's show for Chaim Shalom ben Rivka Chava for a complete recovery. Please God, you should have a refuah shlema. And uh, the music we chose today is also on the theme of the three weeks, but the idea of rebuilding. Just a short recap. The three weeks commemorate the, the era, the era, the era in time and the era in the calendar when both of our temples were destroyed. And in general, it's a time that we focus on the calamities that have befallen the Jewish people. It's a collective time of sorrow, um, obviously with the temple standing at the, the destruction of the temple, standing on the top of the very um, the heartbreaking pile. Um, but many, many events throughout our history, whether it was the Spanish Inquisition, whether it was um, various events in the Holocaust, the Wannsee Conference, etc., happened during this time of the year. And in general, it's just been a time dedicated to think, to mourn, but more importantly, to develop hope, to honor all the pain, but more importantly, to develop and generate hope. And uh, in our long history, we've developed that incredible ability of, on the one hand, appreciating the history we come from and remembering it, Zachor, remembering, at the same time not allowing it to um, break us. You know, I mentioned earlier it's today's America's Independence Day. Um, it's almost 250 years, but there's a story about someone that one time asked a Chinaman, you know, in the last few years, he says, what do you think about the American Revolution? And the Chinaman smiles and says, it's too soon to tell. It's 250 years. What's that? You know, the Chinaman, it's thousands and thousands of years. And as much as it's a joke, I think there's a, there's a lot of truth in that. And that is that you can only really understand history, um, the big picture when you, when you, you zoom out over a very long period of time. And as the Jewish people, we have the privilege to be able to zoom out because we've been here for a long time, way over three millennia. And, um, We've seen everything, right? We've seen the greatest loss and the greatest, the greatest lows and the greatest highs, the greatest destruction, the greatest rebuilding. We've seen it all. 
we haven't seen the ultimate, which please God, you know, Anima Mimba we believe in perfect faith that one day Mashiach will come and end it all. We haven't seen where this all leads to. But in terms of history we we have a lot of we should have a lot of perspective. Um, perspective to offer others, but more importantly perspective to offer ourselves. I've spoken about it before on this show that you know, for somebody to look at today and just say, Oh, it's so hard, it's so difficult. I wish I was alive at a different time. It just comes from a huge ignorance of history and an ignorance of uh, context, etc. Obviously, there's challenges, but knowing the story is so, so important because it gives you perspective. I think I actually spoke about it on last week's show, the idea that history is such an important subject. But there, I want to more focus on the idea that how to deal with calamity. To be able to one hand sit with it, on the other hand, not allow it to immobilize us. So I could sit with the pain, I could acknowledge the pain, uh, think of Tish above, the ninth day above, the saddest day in the Jewish calendar, um, where we're sitting on low chairs and we're reading through the Kinot and we're reading various events that took place throughout our history and uh, the poets and writers and rabbis that wrote all these lamentations, they, they don't uh, hold back. It's a pretty uh, intense read. But at the same time, it's also a time of hope. Halfway through the day, on Tisha B'Av, we remove the low chairs. We start sitting on high chairs again. We start preparing the house. Why? Because Mashiach's come. And the Shabbos right after Tisha B'av, what do we do? We read the special Haftarah of Nacham, comfort, 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 be comforted, my people, or go comfort, my people. The point is, many of us struggle with that, holding those two things. We're either what's called uh, a very borrowed term, pessimist or optimist, or just people that... Uh, you know, sink into the challenges of life and people who are a bit of oblivious of the challenges, right? Oh, it's all hunky-dory, says one person. The other one says, oh, it's never been worse, right? Um, I remember a story. There's a guy, a friend of mine in the community, he tells me that he's one time in, in the shopping mall and he, see, he sees this older woman and he looks over to her and he says, gosh, you know, lady, how are you? She says, everything's terrible. He says, come on, I'm sure, ma'am, I'm sure something's going good in your life. No, absolutely nothing is going good. Can't get any worse. And he's like, please, like, like you know, can't we focus on the sunny side up, etc. Nothing she doesn't want to hear about. Eventually he gives up and as she's walking away, her bag of groceries rips open and everything falls on the floor. Uh, <laughs> sorry for finding it funny. It's a story that happened a few years ago, but um, the point is like, you know, you're the kind of person that thinks the whole world's you know out to get you and destroying and often it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And um, then there's the other, the other perspective of everything's fantastic. It cannot be better. It's just amazing, amazing. And neither is a great perspective on life because each one's denying something. Um, I think the, the, the incredible balance of yes, sitting with the difficulty, but on the other hand, never let, never losing hope, um, is really where I believe we can find comfort. Comfort's not by denial. The truth is you only begin to find comfort once you actually see the darkness for what it is. And that's the two songs I've chosen. The one we're going to play now at 20 past. 
and the other song we're going to play in about 15-20 minutes. The first song is Shema. It's an old Shweki song, not so old, about 20 years old, um, that describes the fellow that's going through after World War II trying to find Jewish children and screams out Shema Yisrael. I believe it was Rabbi Kahneman screaming out Shema Yisrael and that awakens you know, all the children who cover their eyes. He says, oh, they must be Jewish. He manages to get them out. In other words, the ability of finding hope and neshama and soul in the darkest of situations. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Linksfield Shul, and here we are talking on this beautiful Tuesday. Um, beautiful regardless of challenges or... Regardless, we have to actually regard them and respect them and acknowledge them, but with it, because that's really the theme of today's uh, Fabringen, and that is the ability to find simcha in times of challenge. There's a famous um, halacha, it's a Jewish law that says when it comes to Mishanichnas Av, when the month of Av, which is the next Hebrew month following Tammuz that we're in now, and the first, uh, the first nine days, the, the first nine days of the month are the famous nine days, for, for concluding with Tishavav. Mishanichnasav, when Av comes in and enters, mematin besimcha, you diminish, you, you diminish the joy. And, uh, Lubavitch Rebbe would say that there's another way of reading those words, and that is Mishanichnasav, when the month of Av enters, mematin, you diminish the energy. How? Through simcha. You don't diminish the simcha, you diminish the bad energy through joy. And that's not negating or avoiding the pain, but it's finding a way to be simcha in hard times. Because here's the rule of thumb. If we're only happy when life is great, we're not going to be very happy people. Because there's always, right? There's always something. There's always something. And unfortunately, that's why so many people find escapes. They find intoxicants to remove the pain of life because, you know, it hit me a few years ago that nobody goes to a funeral and says, oh, I need to have a whiskey in order to feel the sadness. But they go to a wedding and they're like, okay, give me a whiskey to feel the joy. Why? Because to be joyous, you have to seemingly, you have to avoid all the challenges of life um, and be uplifted. So people will take intoxicants to manage to kind of dull their senses or heighten other senses. But sadness is by default. But what a ridiculous perspective that is. In other words, obviously there's that's the way many of us are built. That's easier for us to be sad and happy, but we could reprogram ourselves um, through incredible focus on gratitude and incredible focus on realizing Hashem runs this world. Right? I'm living in God's world. We're just singing, the, just listening to the song, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeinu Hashem Achad. Remember, Israel, God is one God, is everything, literally everything, nothing. There's only one God, and it doesn't mean that there's no second God. It means there's nothing else other than godliness. That's the way Hasidic philosophy interprets that, that verse, understands that verse. It's not only that there's no other God, there's nothing else. Everything in this world is other God's control. It, it is God. It's pure godliness. And if I'm living in God's world and I'm being embraced by by God, my father, right, and my king, my spouse, my sibling, all the various relationship that God has described, every kind of relationship we can imagine, healthy relationship is the relationship that we have with God. So if I'm being embraced by Hashem, there's no room for sadness. 
Now, I'm not saying I've reached this level. Please, God. Please, God, I could remember, you know, the words that I'm saying. I could, I could integrate it in my own life. Because it's one of the greatest challenges in life is to integrate this idea of faith. I was listening to a talk earlier today and they were asking this person, he's actually not Jewish, but they're saying, do you believe in God? And he says, if I actually believe in God, and if I declare that I believe in God, that's a huge commitment. That means literally, I believe that, that there is a God and I have to do what God wants and I have to live with faith and without worry because God exists and God's in control. So, you know, declaring I believe in God is cute, but it doesn't mean anything because it's not about what we declare, it's what we live by. Do I fully integrate this idea that God runs everything? Do I integrate this idea that there's nothing else other than God? That's the hardest challenge. You know, many people will have this discussion, do you believe in God, do you not believe in God? I'm an atheist, I'm a believer. But the truth is, the moment you dig a, a half a centimeter deep into that discussion, what does it actually mean? What do you believe? When you believe there's God, what does it mean? That someone created the world X amount of years ago, and then kind of just went on vacation, and sitting on Tahiti, you know, on a beach in Tahiti right now? Um, do you believe that God, once in a while, into, in, 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 gets involved in the... Decisions are man. Do you believe that everything is godliness? Do you believe that because everything's godliness and you're in God's arms, there's nothing to fear? What does it actually mean? What does emunah, what does faith mean for you? That's the real challenge. And when you say you don't believe in God, what do you mean? Do you believe that's absolutely random, that nothing, that good, bad, everything is just a total uh, makeup story and that the world is absolutely random. We come from nowhere, we're going nowhere, and whatever we have in this world is, what, how, how did that uh, writer write it? Life is uh, short. Um, and brutish. I forgot that one of those classics that describes, you know, life in those terms. Um, and Manny Dog, what exactly is this world? But assuming that, you know, many of the listeners that uh, are listening to the station have grappled to this question, and many would argue would say that they somewhat believe that the, the real question is, what do you believe? Because if you really believe, then why are you walking around? Why am I walking around? So sad. Why am I, why is every little hiccup a stress? Right? Fundamentally, what is stress? At the core. Stress is, life wasn't supposed to work this way. This is not my plan, right? This is going against my plan. I was driving on the road, I was not supposed to get a flat tire. Right? I was, I applied for a document and the document was supposed to arrive on time. I, uh, I booked a wedding photographer and the wedding photographer lost all the photos. That wasn't supposed to happen. Whatever it is, stress is this expectation that life is supposed to work a certain way. And when it doesn't, I get stressed. A person of true faith, I have met very few people like that. I'm definitely not there myself. But a person of true faith in God lives with very little to, to no stress because it's God's work. I have to do my best. It doesn't mean I'm a pacifist. It doesn't mean I'm just like passive. I have a mandate to play my part in this world and, and partner with God in this world. But ultimately, whatever the outcome is, it's Hashem's world. Right? Whatever Hashem does is for the good. And if someone could really integrate that, if someone could really, really live with that, wow, what a way to live. What a way to live. But even if we can't get there, we have to aspire for that, I believe. As believers, as people who declare that we believe in God, we have to aspire to integrate that faith into day-to-day -day occurrences. 
that when our anxiety is over, through the roof and our stress levels and our, you know, whatever life's issues are, like we manage to talk to ourselves and say, hey, one second, snap back in. It's God's world. I'm here for a few short decades. Please, God, you know, many decades, but as many decades as God allocates for us. And in this time, am I going to sit there stressing or am I going to remember I'm here on a mission? And the mission is not only to to be successful and to accomplish. The mission is to go through the struggles. And the struggles are the test. That's the moment that God's looking at us and saying, come on, I know, I know. Your spouse is getting on your nerves. Are you going to blow it? Your kid is pushing you to the breaking point. Are you going to break? Your boss, your job, your finances. We are being tested all day, every day. But who's the one that's testing us? God. And who's the one that knows that we could pass the test? God. And it's only us that need to remember, 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 talk to ourselves and say, one second, one second. It's a test. It's a test. And that's really what the the song that I want to play for you now, it's a beautiful song based on a piece of Talmud. Um, Akiva Nicham Tanu, Akiva You Comfort. It's a famous story in the Talmud about Rabbi Akiva and his friends, the attracted of Sota, they are walking and it's, they lived pretty much through the destruction of the second temple by the Romans in the year 70 common era. And not too long after destruction, they're walking by and they see that what was once the beautiful temple is now a desolate mountain. Shu'alim Hilchubai. And the foxes are running around. And they're devastated. They're crying. They remember what was, right? They had lived through it. They saw what the, the temple was in its days of glory. And Rabbi, Yehuda, Rabbi Akiva was joyful. Why was Rabbi Akiva joyful? They turned to him and say, why are you joyful? And he says, because if God kept his word of destruction, I have no doubt that God will also keep his word of rebuilding. Because if you look at the prophets, specifically the prophets uh, Yeshayo, Isaiah, Yermio, Jeremiah, there's the prophecy of rebuilding as much as there's the prophecy of destruction. And if part one took place, part two. In other words, it's the same God. We know it's going to happen. We know it's going to lead to good. And they turn to Rabbi Akiva and they say, Akiva Nichamtanu, Akiva Nichamtanu, you comforted us. Now, it's 1953 years later. And if Rabbi Akiva knew it would take so long, what would he say? I mean, because I can't talk about Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva, but I would imagine he would say the same thing. Yes, it's many generations later. 30, 40, 50 generations later. But uh, the promise is still here. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avtson. Did you hear that song? Magnificent song. Um, magnificent story. That uh, you could look at the greatest darkness and find joy. Um, I had a small little experience in my own private life. Um, recently, last week actually. Right, last week's show was Tuesday, so Wednesday we had my son's circumcision, uh, his bris, and uh, got to name after my own dad. Um, he died at a relatively young age in his young sixties a few years ago, and I was dreading it. I was looking forward to it. I was dreading it. It was a very mixed bag of emotions, um, and now literally my son has the same name and first name and surname as my dad. It's literally the same name. And sometimes it just feels surreal. Obviously, you know, you never really call your dad by his name. 
Um, and now suddenly you're just saying the name all day. Um, but the reason I'm bringing it up is you, you live that paradox. You live that paradox of incredible joy and incredible sadness. And instead of those being opposing forces, eventually they kind of just, they settle into some strange peace. Um, and almost they become intermingled. They become one. And the joy is almost proportionate to the pain. The words of King Solomon, Yisren Ha'ar Mitoich HaChoshech, right? The, the benefit of darkness that comes from the light, the, the benefit of light that comes through the darkness. It's actually more powerful, right? You light a candle in the daytime, it doesn't add much, much value. You don't appreciate it. When do you appreciate a candle? When it's lit in the darkness. And that's really the, the incredible tenacity that we've developed over our nation with whatever we've been through over thousands of years. You know, most people, when they think of Jewish history, they think of like, okay, there was maybe a destruction thousands of years ago, and there was the Holocaust um, 75, 80 years ago. But it's much more than that. It's much, much more leading up to this very day. I mean, just today there was a terrorist attack in Tel Aviv an hour or two ago, seven people injured, a few of them critically Till today, they're, they're out. Some people are, can't let go of hate. They, they actually think that hate is what builds this world, what's going to build a better world for them, or I don't know what their strategy is. Um, but somehow we still manage to find in that incredible darkness, incredible light, and to sit with it, to name after, you know, to name people after the people we, we lost, to cherish their memory by living. It's one of those misconceptions you often find with families that lose loved ones. Um, they struggle. Obviously, at the beginning, it's understandable. It's actually the way it should be. You shouldn't be going to Simchas. But even after Shloshim or even after the year is up, they often feel they're betraying the memory of their loved one by choosing to live, by choosing to smile. It's almost like... How can I be joyous, right? The survivor's guilt. How can I be joyous if they're no longer joy? But the truth is, the greatest way to honor them is by living. What, what, what do they want? They want someone else to die? In other words, emotion. Like, how are we honoring the person who died by making another death out of that? The greatest way of honoring them is by celebrating them, by living. And that's the, the, the truth that Technically, we all know, but we have to remember when we go through difficult times and we're like, no, like, I have to go into the cave now. I have to go into the pit. I have to feel the darkness. And we're like, no, no, no. No, that's not the way you celebrate joy. That's not the way you live. You honor the pain and the loss by building. You build and build and build, and that's how you find comfort, and that's how you honor. And that's why, you know, every shul you walk into, every every Jewish school, every house of worship, you'll find people dedicating things in honor of loved ones, right? They, they have a loved one and they dedicate a project, they dedicate a building, they dedicate a pro, uh, um, a book, whatever it is that's on their mind. They dedicate a school, they dedicate a classroom, they dedicate a teacher. You, you honor loss by building. You honor lack by filling. You honor destruction by rehabilitation. 
you honor pain by healing. You go on and on and on. But the point is, that's how we celebrate. That's how we do it. We manage to hold those two opposing things, but we create this juxtaposition, almost this, this merging of very opposing forces by realizing they're not actually opposing. I want to live. I want to honor the loss. And therefore I will build. And therefore I build. This is 101.9 Chaifen. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM and we're coming towards the end of the show. Um, this Thursday is a fast day, the 17th of Tammuz. As we mentioned earlier, it's the beginning of the three weeks of mourning. And we fast and we mourn and we don't take haircuts and various other customs that we, you know, we don't listen to music and we don't have weddings. During the three weeks, we, we, we honor the memory of the pain. But at the same time, we also find ways to bring joy. We find ways to build. We study the laws of uh, the building of the temple. That's many Jews have the custom during this time to focus on the, the future temple. What would that word, please God, going to build when Mashiach comes, that's going to come down from heaven. We focus on the future. We focus on faith. We focus on stories of people who went through the worst and built. Because that's the paradox. That's the paradox. And to really bring that home, here's one of my favorite songs, Jerusalem, Our Home. And it's, it's actually a translation of a Hebrew song that was written, I think, in the 50s or 60s about this carpenter that sits there and dreams of building the future Beit HaMikdash. And that's his home that he's going to build for the, the Jewish people. And each and every one of us in our own way, we live in the moment, but we live in the past and we live in the future. Have a great day. Wishing all of us good news. Please, God, only simchas for each and every one of us. Amen. Have a great day.